Hello, 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 everybody. How you doing this fine Thursday morning, afternoon? Depends no. on when you're listening. That that that's not right. Well, it is for when this comes out. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. Wow, that is this week. This week, son. This week. <laughs> hello, What's everybody. Up? As always, I'm Brad, that's Mike, we're Dallas Geek, thank you for joining us today. Um, in case this is your first time checking us out, uh, thank you. Uh, you can always check out our audio-only podcasts on Thursdays at noon, and you can uh, catch our latest videos over on YouTube and Facebook every Friday. And you can get the audio versions of those videos and uh, basically everything else that we do on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher because, you know, reasons. So, Mike? Reasons and such. Are you awake yet? No. God, no. Well, that feels like a bit of a fail, so um, fix it. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <sighs> Such fail. Now, guys, uh, I think it's safe to say that most everybody here has been paying attention to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And if you haven't, um, why? The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it, it, it is... Wait, we... we... I can I can curse in this one, right? Yes, this is the podcast. It's it's safe yeah, to the, do that. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a true social movement. You should be participating. If not, fail. Just just fail. But uh, in case you haven't, uh, or just haven't been paying attention to at least the. Uh, uh, we'll say social media commentary around it. Um, a lot of people love it. A lot of people are annoyed by it. And we're going to talk about that because it kind of goes into a much bigger conversation that has been building up around nerd culture and nerdy entertainment for a while. Uh, and that is the use of social, of social commentary inside nerdy entertainment. Um, is that okay to do? Is that as a certain very um, eloquent section of the internet puts it, just SJW bullshit? Or uh, it, are we missing something here? And I'm going to go ahead and say right now, anybody that thinks that social commentary in general in entertainment is SJW bullshit has not been paying attention to nerdy entertainment at all, because that's kind of the whole reason why comics exist. But, you know, maybe you have a different opinion. I don't know if it's the whole... I don't know if it's the whole reason, but I think when it's done well, and it's done right, I think comics can be a very, very good medium for making social commentary. I, I mean, foremost, Captain America was literally created by Jews to uh, speak out against, you know, Hitler and, and the whole white what, supremacist, what would, uh, what, 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 fascist whoa, 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 whoa. thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
what in the world would ever give you that idea? What with, you know, Adolf Hitler being knocked out by Captain America on the cover of the first issue? Yeah, no. Definitely have no idea where that would come from. Nope. Right. Two seconds while I sip my coffee. And definitely have no idea where I could possibly get uh, social commentary from X-Men. Or the Fantastic Four. Yeah, look. Or Adolf, Deadpool. Or Adolf, Jesus fuck. Or um, Captain America. Super, Superman. <laughs> yeah, look. No, ca- yeah, no, true never. Justice in the American way. Yeah, definitely. No, no social commentary there. What so fucking ever? <laughs> well, not anymore. Since he's no longer, since he's no longer allowed to represent the American way. Well, but. He's kind of the the whole American way bullshit with uh, Superman was always a, a bit of a, a tiny box to define the bigger story and commentary that he represented. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but uh, trying to move away from the American way portion uh, of what he represents uh, feels like it's moving past the smaller definition of what his stories are supposed to be representing and trying to go for more of the big picture, uh, commentary. But, hey, maybe I'm missing something. He's, it's not like he's changed out of his red, white, and blue, so, you know, visually, he's still the same guy. No, but when Zack Snyder does it, they just mute the colors. Ah, fucking Snyder. (sighs) Uh, we'll, um, we'll get into that later, but, yeah. Yes, we will. Uh, <laughs> no, look, I, I, the fact that Steve Rogers was made to be the Aryan poster boy, but to stand against everything that Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party represented. Like, oh, yeah. it's, yeah, and the fact that he was used to sell war bonds to help, you know, the war effort like he is captain america is the literal definition of propaganda and we're we're not we're we're not gonna touch on the the part of his history that is really was just so poorly executed with the whole nomad bullshit um but i mean that was still social commentary uh but Let's even go past Steve Rogers here. The mantle of Captain America has always stood for mm-hmm. something very specific. And depending on nope. who held that mantle, you got a different perspective of that message. And it's always been that yeah. commentary. Um, X-Men, you want to talk about a, a wide-reaching, very broad commentary on uh, societal injustice. I mean, X-Men has been used uh, to talk about discrimination of many different types. Initially, it you know, you could say it was based on uh, race and ethnicity. Modern comics could say it's uh, based on sexual orientation or uh, honestly, just about anything, considering now it's the mutant well, allegory plus the allegory that individual mutants represent. Well, I think it's always had sexual orientation in mind if you actually look oh, sure. at it. Sure. Look the, look the same as you, but I'm different. My powers don't manifest until puberty. Mm-hmm. Like. And in fairness. And that was. It was easier for 
society at large to say, oh, it's talking about racial discrimination early on because, you know, X-Men have been around for a while and you weren't exactly going to be talking about uh, sexual orientation discrimination uh, back in the 60s or 70s. At least not publicly. You, you, you need to be able to make it a bit more palatable for, um, uh, let's say, the more Pleasantville aspects uh, of our uh, society. Hey, that's a great movie. Well, I'm not saying it's not, but I mean, it's pretty fucking white. <laughs> As was well, I mean, suburbia. It's also... It, but Pleasantville's <laughs> also got a lot of black in it, too. Fuck. Think about it. Think about it. It's black and white. Think about it. There, there oh, we go. There oh. we go. Jeez. No, look. I think there is something to be said that look. Comic books for the longest time have been used to represent a form of entertainment that said, "Hey, here's what society and the world looks like. Here's what it should look like." Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the good of people and, and all that bullshit. Because, you know, people aren't really good. They're just bastard-coated bastards with bastard filling. I mean, you could even take um, Batman, the one superhero that realistically seems like he should have the least amount of social commentary and say that, in a way, he's actually had more than a lot of DC superheroes uh, in that every one of his villains has represented a portion of society that has been villainized uh, and mm -hmm. his villains have been the representation of like the worst case scenario about what happens when those type of people uh, internalize that kind of hatred and take it too far. Um, Cause there's always, there are very few Batman villains that don't have some sympathetic aspect to their backstory. They just went the really, really wrong direction with it. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. Even, uh, even if you look at Jeff Loeb's run on Batman in the eighties with like the long Halloween and you know, the social commentary that was basically him fighting the mob and how society is eroding underneath us. And, Oh yeah. Like, basically, all people are absolute crap no matter what, and there's evil in everybody, and, like, is it really a battle worth fighting if it's a battle that you can't win? Like, that is, like, that's, like, it's not just, it's not just commentary on, you know, social issues, it's also commentary on people. Well, hell, uh, Batman has talked about the issue of police corruption for longer than most uh, comics, hell, longer than most uh, any other kind of medium. Uh, and I mean, they, they talked about it well before it became the popular thing to talk about in mass media today. Yeah, now everybody talks about it. It's like, and, like you it's know, going out of style. Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, so many people look around going, well, this is such a novel concept. Nobody's ever talked about it before fucking really nerds have been uh hearing about this and thinking about this for decades what the fuck are you talking yeah. about you know right. I, I, um, I mean yeah there, there's even the whole aspect of so many of these superheroes that were created were created explicitly to try to give some real life um uh put upon group uh, somebody to look up to when the rest of life has, uh, for them 
really has been absolute shit. And while representation racially has not been historically great in nerdy entertainment, uh, that has been improving. And the what are you talking about? Continued. We got Black Panther. I mean, that was a fantastic early option, but how many others did you really have before, say, the 80s? Black Lightning? Okay, let me rephrase it. How many options did you have that didn't have black in the name before the 80s? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. No, and that's, I mean, well, it's not like it's, it's not like nerd culture's been perfect about this. There, there's definitely a, no, a really no, 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 nasty no. history uh, in nerd culture that we don't like to talk about today. But honestly, it's worth exploring. But still, well, yeah. But I mean, but it's also like, look, I, you know how I feel about representation, just for the sake of representation. Like, if we're just doing it to check sure. a box, is one thing. Sure. But like you said, the fact that the fact that we can look at somebody like Black Panther and then we go a little bit of time passed before we started getting more and more characters. Right? Mm. Like that is something that 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 is something that I don't want to say we, because I'm not part of the creative process of you know, but I think that's something that comics and nerd culture in general will say like they'll even look and be like man that is that is a place where we dropped the ball right was oh, yeah. not having enough representation and but i mean it's you know i i will say though that right now we have some pretty good representation in comics we have we have a character in miles morales that caught so much mm. backlash when he was first introduced that is now a beloved character like, oh yeah, honestly, you you can look back at the just pure venomous hatred that came at Marvel for introducing Miles early on, and look at him today. And honestly, I, I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine Marvel today not having Miles Morales as part of their universe. Uh, he is such a, yeah. a, an integral character that his stories need to be there but i mean you want to no. talk about uh the difference between you know representation for representation's sake versus actual legitimate representation that you know is something that the people being represented can look at and feel like finally um you know it's the difference between the, the bullshit with the new Warriors run right now with Marvel versus Static Shock. You know, it, it, it's... You have one group yeah. that is a bunch of characters that were intentionally created as tongue-in-cheek representations of the whole snowflake um, uh, far-right memes and insults that have been thrown around at millennials uh, for a while. Uh, which unfortunately didn't really turn out to be so well-accepted tongue-in-cheek as they thought they were going to be. And then you have someone like Static, who is such a fantastic character, and while he represented so many things, it was never just because, oh, he's a black kid. 
that he's a superhero. It wasn't just he's uh, he's from the hood. Now he's a superhero. That was all things that happened to be about him, but he was legitimately a superhero that had his own stories, had his own reasons for things, and people could look at him and go, I can identify with him because he is just a good, well-thought-out character. Now, we can have a whole yeah. different conversation about how underutilized he specifically has been, but once again, yeah. different conversation. Um, I mean, it, it's the bullshit issues uh, that you have with arguments against Finn in Star Wars. You know, and everybody's saying, oh, that's you know, that that's Disney, that's Star Wars uh, coming in with their SJW bullshit, you know, trying to put in a black stormtrooper when that you know, that, that's a missing the point. I mean, Star Wars of all things has always been about social commentary, and if you don't think so, where the fuck have you been? Plus, Let's be honest. For about a generation, you had stormtroopers that couldn't hit shit, so they needed to do something different. <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but even, like, even, <sighs> yeah. Didn't think I was going there, did you? Mm. Um, <laughs> um, but even, look, in, it, the, you know, one of the other things that gets glossed over is also mental health oh right? yeah like and and being glossed over in like because it there's plenty of commentary on it in the medium people mm -hmm. just don't necessarily always dive that deep like dude there's even commentary with superheroes like look at somebody like spider-man oh yo yeah you want to uh talk about mental health issues they've dived into his uh his trauma real hard over the years yeah like Dude's whole origin is literally he let the guy get away that ended up killing the only father figure in his life. And yeah. the weight that he has to carry with him because, like, he is literally the reason that the person that he looked at as a father is no longer alive. Yeah. Well, and Plus, now... never mind the fact that Peter Parker is, you know, the nerdy, unassuming super unconfident has no belief in himself whatsoever before he gets the powers and then when he puts on the costume he's the most arrogant conky, cocky self-confident character well like and, out there and don't forget his unfortunate history with um dead injured or uh intentionally retconned uh loved ones and of yeah. course especially when they get retconned and he still remembers them yep yeah or he's the reason they get retconned yeah Fucking um, one more day bullshit <laughs> but i mean and, and now but then let's also Falcon but then the also soldier. I mean, you want to talk about yep. uh, really diving into mental health and uh, social yep. commentary. I mean, the, the conversation around mental health, veteran care, uh, race, mm -hmm. and uh, discrimination. Yep. I mean, we're only two episodes in, and we're saying two episodes because right now it's, you know, the, the third episode is just being released and neither one of us have seen it yet, so... You know, we can't nope. talk about it, but two episodes in, they've already gone I'll be watching it tonight. hard into that comment, uh, conversation. Yeah. 
Like this is like this is this is a very heavy look into society and how society, let's be honest, and how this country at times has really demonized and denigrated an entire race of people oh, or yeah. an entire subsect of the population. Not oh, just yeah. one, but several. I mean, do we really need to go back and look at the Japanese internment camps during World War II? Funny how a lot of people seem to forget those. Yeah, and that's the kind do of we, stuff. Do we also, and it's not just, look, and it's not just, it's not just minorities. Yeah. Like how many times, like how many times do you look throughout history and you see signs posted like no Irish need apply, no Jews welcome. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean th this, the idea that nerd in, uh, nerd culture and nerdy entertainment is not supposed mm -hmm. to speak on social issues is such a misguided idea and honestly i'm not really i'm not even 100 percent sure where this concept came from um because nerdy entertainment has always been meant for the underdogs of society i mean yeah that seems to have changed in recent years now that it is pop culture um right but the, it, it's it feels very disingenuous and myopic for anybody to look at nerdy entertainment and say, well, that's never been how it is. It's always just been fun stories with, you know, uh, really buff dudes uh, kicking ass and, you know, hot chicks doing this and da 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 da. I mean, even the most uh, blatantly fan servicey aspects of uh, nerd entertainment have still had some commentary to it they may not have always been the most poignant or well done but it's always there you, you can't really point to a single aspect of nerd entertainment that doesn't have some level of it and, and commentary does not have to be well executed it just has to exist well executed commentary is the stuff that can easily go past and and uh, go unnoticed because it just is the story, but you know, then you got I mean, we, like Zack Snyder. We would prefer this. <laughs> we would, you know, I I don't know if I speak for everybody, but I would prefer if it's well executed. Yeah. Well, you know, we we can't <laughs> like all I... <laughs> we we can't have every movie uh, nerdy movie out there made by you know your Michael Bay's or Zack Snyder's whose idea of social commentary is to pick an issue that you want to comment on and then just beat the audience in the fucking face with the most blatant simplistic concept of that argument and just keep bashing them in the face until the movie's over. Oh, uh, hey, with hey, zero hey, speaking of, speaking of, do you know that Zack Snyder thinks that Superman is an allegory for Jesus? <laughs> and that he's the first person to ever come up with that allegory? Or that, at least if you ask the fans, he is. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Snyderverse <laughs> shit. <laughs> Just, no... 
Although I will say it, it was funny as hell <laughs> that, you know, April Fool's Day uh, had a couple of outlets actually talking about how, oh my gosh, Warner Brothers has greenlit a, 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 what was it, a renewal of the Snyderverse. Sequel? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. they've greenlit the, the uh, Justice League two sequels, but they got to be filmed back to back and da da da. It's like, guys, right. guys. Don't pay attention to entertainment news on this day. I I right. know I know pay, pay no weird attention little, to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I, I know you you weird little fanboys would love to hear this be true, but mm, guys. No, but um No, we, we need more intelligent commentary in our entertainment, which is why what Marvel's doing right now with their uh, Disney Plus shows is so fucking awesome yep but then also keep in mind like you know there are times when you know social commentary has kind of spawned off from comics not necessarily if that was the intention like if you remember mm. when the killing joke first happened and all the outrage behind barbara gordon being paralyzed by the joker and how people basically lost their shit talking about how it was deplorable what happened to her and how she was just used as a plot device and this and that and it's like no no you you y'all are completely missing the point this is a beloved character that like you should be upset that this happened you should be furious you should feel disgusted because that was the whole point well then there was the whole issue that, you know, that felt like an extension of the uh, very, very unfortunate trope of fridging uh, a beloved yeah. female character that DC, mm -hmm. of course, started, but, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, never mind the fact that it was, it was actually worse in the Killing Joke animated movie that they made because they had Batman and Batgirl get down. So now it's like, okay, so now she's literally just a piece of ass. Okay, good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and that's that's the thing. that There was so much about the animated series that was fantastic. And then while yeah. some of that could have been potentially implied in a couple of episodes, it was always subtext that was never blatant. But then the movie came out and they just had to, you know, make it explicit. It, it wasn't subtext well, anymore that you also... could maybe ignore if you wanted yeah. to. It was just text. Didn't they also tackle it in um, Batman Beyond? Yep. Well, that was still subtext, though. They never officially said that that's what happened. They implied it's what happened. And no, they implied that they... it was why uh, Dick left uh bruce and went out on his own and then just never returned it implied Turned, that that yeah. was the reason why uh bruce and barbara's uh, relationship in during batman beyond was so rocky but they never explicitly said that was the reason it wasn't until killing joke okay. that they made it officially no this is what happened and yeah. it was eh. No, I thought no, I thought in the I thought in the Batman Beyond series they actually came out and said that they did like they were together. I don't think so. I think it was always just implied. Okay. We yeah, I check. thought like we, they we actually can, We can definitely double check, yeah. but yeah, no, I 
I, I'm pretty sure it was just implied up until the movie. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's that's a section of the the nerd culture that hasn't always been represented great. And to be honest, if we want to talk about the, uh, how do I want to phrase this? If we want to talk about the oppression Olympics, the most shit upon and how, uh, segment of nerdy uh, of the nerdy audience. Right, and if anybody has a right to say that they've been treated the worst, which that feels for almost the record, I don't think to even should... try to uh, say at all. But exactly. technically, you know. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. I I never like the well. My section of the fan base has been treated the worst and misrepresented. Well, who gives a shit if it's the worst? It's still bad. Yeah. No, it like stop stop having the victim Olympics like. Your section of the population and your section of the nerd culture has been horribly misrepresented. So has yours. So has yours. Stop fucking trying to see who can clear the bar. Yeah. No, there's, there are always going to be very serious systemic issues that exist in nerd history and will be prevalent in nerd culture until such time mm -hmm. as more... Uh, diversity exists within the people actually creating that nerdy entertainment to allow those voices to naturally be brought in and not have it be forced because you know you're you're you need the uh, diversity uh, in your comics or your movies so let's let the white guy uh, figure out how to be able to uh, write the comic for a black female uh, superhero rather than you know a very well-respected, well-acclaimed black female writer that could probably do it 20 times better, but, you know, doesn't have the same name recognition. It, it, it's an issue that the industry has been confronting for a while. It's still going to be an issue yeah. uh, moving forward, but the important thing is that the fans have to be able to keep saying that they want more and show the industry that they want more by supporting the characters, the writers, the artists that are bringing that change to our entertainment in a way that is done well rather than New Warrior style when it is shoehorned in for the sake of saying, see, we did it. Well, like, even there, like, too, like, look at... Look at the way that, like, nerd culture has been represented in media generally as well. Yeah. Like, what's the, like, what's the arc, like, what's the caricature of what, like, a comic book reader is? Yeah. Overweight, nerdy, doesn't know how to talk to a girl, mm -hmm. has glasses, has bad acne, has bad body odor, mm -hmm. super unkempt. Like, No. I mean like, that you does can technically that that describe is... some of us, but that's that's not the entirety of, of nerds. No, but like so, comic book guy from The Simpsons. Ugh. I mean, he's funny, but unfortunately, he did kind yeah. of create an image in the mass public's perception that is not yes. really accurate. Absolutely. Like, how many times do you go to? Like, how many times do you go to a comic book store and you see that person? You yeah. don't. <laughs> and like, I you mean, don't. And I mean, look, we get it. 
it it may sound kind of disingenuous for the two of us to even be having this conversation to begin with because we are two white guys you know we're, we're not exactly uh the the demographic that has been begging for representation but you and i both have a deep love and appreciation for those characters uh who have been brought in uh that deviate from you know us you know, uh, you and I love so many of these uh, characters that are not just, you know, the the pretty boy white guy superheroes because, you know, we, we love the stories more than anything else. And frankly, you know, characters like Black Panther or Miles Morales or almost Finn in Star Wars. Uh, but I, I, I mean, they those characters have been given such amazing stories and it's great i mean hell um what what's his name um the the recent hulk that was introduced the the kid um amadeus cho yeah uh i mean i love his run as hulk he gets a lot of shit because there's a lot of people that feel like he is a character that was shoehorned in, but honestly, I I want to see more of him. I, yep. I think he's an interesting take on the character of Hulk. Look, like I said, I I hate representation just for checking a box. But if you have a character that's really well done, like Miles Morales is the perfect example. Hmm? Like a character that had to step into the shoes of Spider-Man in a universe that had an established Spider-Man. And having to carry that weight of living up to the legacy that was put before him. Mm. Plus, he's half Hispanic, half black, so he represents minorities and how they feel living up to, you know, the expectations of society and how society looks down on them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Plus, oh, let's put on top of it, he's a 13-year-old kid. Yeah. Like, so... Awkward teenager, well, maybe not awkward, but going through the teenage years of trying to figure out where you fit in this world, on top of being a double minority, essentially, mm -hmm. on top of having to live up to what was that universe's greatest superhero, or one mm -hmm. of. Sure. And like, I mean... And it was done so beautifully, and it's been done so well to see this character grow and mature, yeah. and literally step into that role and live up to everything that was set before him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't really say that while the creators behind these comics, these characters, these shows, these movies, uh, have a specific message that they are trying to get out, a, a certain vision of uh, representation that they want desperately to be able to get out there, you can't really say that the no. studios behind all of these projects aren't really out of touch. I mean, you know, when... There is a very specific segment of pop culture that sees uh the modern representation of nerdy entertainment as what is the latest superhero show to come out on the cw and you know the latest uh show to come uh, that is about to come out is one called fucking kung fu 
and that's your representation yeah, of an Asian uh, super-powered uh, character. And that, and you look back and you uh, realize that's kind of the same bullshit stereotype that so many super-powered uh, Asian characters end up being given is, oh, it's always martial arts related rather than just, you know, make a good fucking character and cast, uh, you know, some Asian actors in it because you don't have to always make them fucking kung fu experts. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Which but is that I, is that yeah. but is that is hang out is that a comic book or is that just a remake of the old Kung Fu the Legendary Journeys with what's his name? <sighs> it's not comic, it but it is in the same vein of, you know, like the the superhero kind of thing. It it, it may be a, a remake of the David old Carradine. show. David Carradine. Yeah, it may be a remake of the yeah. old show, which cool, but this is this feels like that is really the wrong time to be trying to greenlight uh, a remake of that rather than making something else something better. Um, I mean, once again, I, as much as I hate to sound like uh, too big of a Disney fanboy, Disney's been doing it better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, l look at uh, representation. Uh, You're really Asian you are really trying Marvel. to or Star Wars, or hell, even uh, their animated uh, shows right now. Yeah. They're, they're doing you a better really job than the stereotypes. The, uh, you are really trying to appease the mouse this morning, aren't you? Well, I just don't want the mouse to wake up and decide that today's the day he's going to throw a fucking kaiju at us because we, we said the wrong thing. So, you know. I mean, that's pretty racist that you just immediately go to kaiju when we're talking about Asian representation. Right? Fuck. I was just kind of thinking <laughs> of the most... Uh, I was just thinking of the most uh, ostentatious way that they could literally crush us, but, I mean, sure. Uh, damn it. No, no, no. Let's be honest. If anything was going to crush us, it would be a 100-foot-tall metal Mickey Mouse being piloted by Mickey Mouse. I mean, at least you didn't uh, decide to go the the very, very internet route of, you know, a seven-foot-tall uh, vampiress. She's nine feet tall, sir. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, just, there's the stepping on. So, I love... You know. I love the Resident Evil games. I just... I looked at that and I was like, how am I going to be afraid of this person? She's a nine foot tall, busty goth vampire. That half like, of the internet keeps asking uh, for her to step on their throats, but sure. I, I mean, she can step on something over here, just not my throat. Come on now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway. What were we talking about again? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, honestly, that's the, the problem uh, that we end up having is that with the somehow shift in conversation that the mass public has had with, um, you know, th this anti-SJW, anti-social uh, uh, anti, um, uh, commentary thing within nerdy entertainment... Uh, that has turned into the latest 
variation of gatekeeping for nerdy entertainment that you know if you are somebody that enjoys or wants social commentary in your nerdy entertainment well you're not a real nerd um you're a poser uh you know and that it we we can go in depth on the gatekeeping side of all of this in a, a different uh, show because that honestly merits its own. Can conversation. we not? I don't. Yeah, I don't need my blood pressure to skyrocket. Can we not? <laughs> if I promise that we'll only talk about Gamergate for like five minutes, would would that be okay with you? Because mm. <laughs> I mean. As sad as it is to say, looking back at the gatekeeping <clears throat> bullshit, Gamergate has now become the more quaint side of gatekeeping uh, in the recent years, which is really terrifying, but okay. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's become a, a much bigger issue that needs... We need social commentary in our entertainment. I mean, I, I've said it so many times before uh but one of the benefits of social commentary in nerdy entertainment is you're able to take real life serious issues and place them in a context that will be much less abrasive for the general public to listen to rather than immediately oppose uh having a conversation because you're talking about the thing you know it's why you you can look at some of the best Star Wars novels that were uh, ever written and see that those were had some very heavy commentary uh, that applied to, um, uh, well, the American War Machine in the early to in mid-2000s and the conversation about... Um, uh, where, you know, where's the line uh, for... Uh, how you treat your enemies in war, uh, but because they suddenly took it and put it in a galaxy far, far away, it wasn't as abrasive as what the news headlines were at the time. You can have conversations with X-Men talking about, uh, you know, discrimination and equal rights, but you're putting it in a context of mutants. So now anybody that would have issues talking about it openly might have an easier time seeing it uh, in that context. It's important that we have this in nerdy entertainment. And because they're mutants, remember, it's okay to shit all over them. Because they're not really human beings. They're mutants. Whatever you say, Trask. (laughs) <laughs> I would yeah. like to think that I would be more than just a mad scientist. I could at least be a senator. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, hey, Matt Gates could uh, get elected, so I mean, I guess anybody can. <laughs> On that but, note. Um, no, uh, look, 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 I think you're, I think you're 100% right. I think... Yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be something to be said that creators will find a way to, you know, and should find a way to meaningfully have conversations that are tough conversations. Like, yeah, the tough conversations should be the ones that we have. Because if they're tough to have, then 
then something's wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And no matter what medium you use to have that conversation in, you know, it's... Look, even even somebody like... You know, you want to talk about the X-Men, look at... Like, go even further into the history of the X-Men and look at a character like a Wolverine that's literally a lab rat that's experimented on because he's a mutant. Wow, okay, so now you have somebody that is a human being, but because he's a quote-unquote mutant, society in this world literally looks at them as, late, as, as less than human to the point that they're lab rats that they can just do what they want with. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, the, the whole concept of the Overton window in politics uh, and social uh, leanings uh, is all about... Uh, shifting the perception of certain conversations and uh, political and social understandings through using a different context to introduce ideas so they become more socially acceptable uh, to be able mm -hmm. to discuss and eventually just outright accept. And that has been the whole thing about entertainment at large forever. Uh, it's always had uh, yeah. that effect, and, and honestly, nerdy entertainment just happens to have a bit more of that effect than other types of entertainment. At least, to me, it feels like it has. Well, because we're because we are actually emotionally invested in these characters. Yeah. If it's so. a character that's done right, if it's a character that's I'm, I'm dude, like, how many people are how many people have a tattoo of Deadpool or Wolverine or Captain America or Iron Man or like how many people have put on their body mm -hmm. or, you know, have a shirt or have like wear it with pride. Like I love this character. Like I am invested in everything this character does. Yep. You know, so on and so forth. Yeah. But we like, are coming you up have to that time. kind of emotional investment. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, but no, we unfortunately oh, we are know. coming up to time. Uh, so uh, rather than just keep on with this conversation, I, I feel like this may need to be uh, something that we'll keep coming back to because it is such an important topic uh, to discuss with each new addition to the conversation that comes up. Um, but absolutely for now, guys, thank mm. you so much for joining us uh, for today's edition of Dallas Geek. Um, in case you missed it at the beginning, if you want to be able to check out more of our audio only podcasts or the audio from any of our live shows or interviews, you can check all of those out here on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher. And you can check out the videos of our live shows and interviews over on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, audio podcasts are put out every Thursday. A new video is put out every Friday. And we do live shows whenever we're feeling like it, but usually try to get one to two a month. So, you know, fun times. So, uh, until next time, as always, I'm Brad. That's Mike. We're Dallas Geek. And see ya.